Welcome to Bell Curve with Mary Scott, Rachel, and Liz, three friends, three Southern Bells, joining you, smart women, to discuss life, work, relationships, business, everything from the nerdy to the normal, the practical to the philosophical, the head to the heart. Thanks for joining us as we observe, analyze, and often deviate from the standard. Hello and happy Tuesday, everyone. Well, have you ever noticed how passionately and deeply and ardently friendship is sometimes depicted in classic books and art? If you've ever read C.S. Lewis's book, incredible book, The Four Loves, he really talks about friendship as one of just the, the choicest pleasures, the choicest things in the world. He says, quote, To the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. Aristotle counted friendship a virtue. And I think that, you know, we read particularly in older literature how characters really love their friends. But Lewis, in his book, makes the case that appreciation and cultivation of this type of love as one of the crowns of life is often lost in modern times. I bring all this up because today is an Ask Us Anything episode, and the most awesome person ever is a Bell Curve listener. She sent us a question about friendship. It's my good, good friend, Sarah Pitts, who's an extremely talented modern dancer, a mother, and someone whose books and articles and podcast recommendations I always try to take because I know they'll be fantastic. Wanted to give her a shout out because she's just awesome. But she asked if we could tackle this question. How do the three of you make, maintain, and prioritize fruitful friendships in the midst of family, work, and community obligations? Oh, I just thought this was such a great question. It's a question I ask of myself, too. Like, how do we keep making friendships alive? But this is a shorter episode, so let's just dive straight into advice, shall we, ladies? I want to toss this out there. What are your tips and tricks for prioritizing friendship with everything that we're, we're all responsible for these days? So let me start with uh, that it's okay to make new friends and it's a good thing to make new friends. I think sometimes we get to a point in our life when we're almost afraid to make new friends. I'm too old to make new friends. I'm, I'm 40 something. I'm 50 something. I'm 60 something. I have all the friends. I've made all the friends. There is a lot of just something wonderful about those long old friendships, but new friends are a wonderful thing too. So Don't be afraid to make new friends. I just think that's a really important thing. On the other hand, protect your long-held close friendships like they are solid gold because they are. And I'm talking, I'm not talking that wider circle. I'm talking, for me, it's my best friend, Amy Boyd. She and I celebrate our friendiversary every year. We are now on 20 years. Our friendiversary is this week. We met on my birthday 20 years ago. And yeah, and So, and we always take a moment to just celebrate that. Sometimes it's just a drink. Sometimes we go on a shopping trip. You know, sometimes we meet for coffee. We've given each other little gifts, you know, occasionally. But for anniversaries are a fun way to celebrate those long friendships. And then I have a few more tips, but I'm going to kind of kick it over to y'all. But first, I'm going to say this. It's also okay to drop a friend. And I don't want to get too deeply into this. I think this is probably a longer episode. But I, I was thinking about about it because I also there are friendships that are 
damaging. And I want to make sure that we're not saying to our listeners, protect every friendship, culture every friendship. No, there are some friendships that sometimes get to the point where unfortunately they have to be dropped or ended or, or just cooled off a bit. But let me just start by saying those new friendships and those long friendships, those are both good things and protect those long friendships. I'd like to say something from kind of a millennial perspective, because this is something that I have talked with my friends about quite a bit about how difficult it is once you're out of school to make new friends. Um, You know, when you're in K through 12 or college and you're just kind of thrust into the same groups of people because you share a class with them or you play ball with them, you play, you play a sport with them. So you have extracurriculars together. And so you're just kind of at the same place at the same time with the same interests, and you know that. So it comes really easily to make friends. But then once you're out of school and, and maybe you work in a small office and, or don't work with people that you would normally want to hang out with outside of work hours. And then you want to find ways to find new friends and develop deep friendships like you had when you were a little bit younger, it can be a little bit more difficult. And then also I think there's this, and it might not be unique to millennials, but we do get picked on it for a lot of, of being kind of shallow sometimes and having this fear of missing out on other opportunities. I think you see it more in the dating life than you do necessarily in friend making life, but there's a maybe fear of making yourself vulnerable, putting yourself out there and seeming too interested. <laughs> and But you've got to get the heck over that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the heck over that. And, um, and something that I've discovered is sometimes people are just waiting on you to ask them to hang out or to go, you know, to to do something, to to do an activity instead of some people just aren't as forthcoming with friendship and they're waiting on you to make the first move. It's almost like dating in the beginning. And then it just becomes, okay, well, you know, it's Sunday evening. We're going over to so-and-so's house because that's what we do on Sunday evenings. And it becomes something that becomes deeper over time and more expected over time. But sometimes you've got to make the first move. You know, Liz, that was, and I know for our listeners, we're going to be in Bell Curve Book Club next week with Gretchen Rubin's book, Happiness Project. But she talks about that in her book um, about bringing people together and how making the effort will yield fruit. When you put people together, organize an activity, organize a fun run, organize a, a drink, organize a coffee date, organize a pizza night, that people will respond. And I, I think you're so right. I confess this is an area I really find challenging. In fact, somebody recently was mentioning the Pareto principle, that idea that you can just the 80-20 rule. And I was thinking about how that applies to friendship, that truly friendship to me, I highly value. I'd say, you know, it falls into that category of something I value at like the 80%. But if I were to look at my time allocation or my effort allocation, it would fall probably less than 20% of the time and the effort that I'm putting out there. And so I think a lot of that for me has to do kind of like what Sarah was saying with with my stage of life. And so it's interesting what you were saying, Liz, about how a lot of your college friendships end up being just what you're involved in and who's there. I have kind of come circled back to that being a big part of who my friends are. I've noticed that the friendships that I can maintain at this stage in life as a wife and a mother of five children really fall into two categories. There are those friends by convenience 
the acquaintance who I see regularly because their kid is on the same team as me. So we talk at a game or a practice. Uh, maybe the person I see every other day or so in a workout class who I'm, I'm not going to get together with outside of that time. But during that time, I really get a lot of the benefits of friendship, conversations, support, laughter, just being with someone. And I think I used to take these types of friendships for granted or not even really consider them friendships. But I now greatly value them because I've realized during this time of life just how precious obviously time time is you know to go anywhere in the evening by myself away from the family is hard on them and then I have you know obviously like y'all everybody my work and home responsibilities during the day so rarely rarely I'll go to lunch or coffee but that kind of brings me to my second type of friendship Sarah used the term fruitful friends how do you maintain fruitful friendships and I think for me to be able to maintain anything deeper than that at this stage of my life, there has to be something so fruitful about it. Either we've been friends forever, like Mary Scott was saying, those, those forever gold friends, or they, or they really challenge and enrich my thinking or my spirit, or we belly laugh when we're together. There's just something so excellent about the relationship that it's worth taking that time away from work and family obligations to maintain that. And, and I think that can be hard to, like to me, there's tears like T-I-E-R-S, tiers of friends where like someone might be in the, the middle tier, not by any fault of their own. They're not, they're not a toxic person. They're actually great, but they just, you just can't get together with them. And I think forgiving yourself for that, like in this middle stage of life is very, very important. And saying like, okay, there's pro- like for me, for example, there's only going to be like a handful at the most of people that I can do have that level of effort with. But, but anyway, you know, I'm probably not even the best person to give it because I just don't think I'm that great at this part of my life. I would like to get better, frankly. Well, I think one thing that you can do is recognize that when you bring your best gift to a friendship and they're bringing their best gift to a friendship and it's not necessarily going to be the same gift, that's going to be a fruitful relationship. One thing that I know I do well is help others think big. That's something I can do. I'm always, I don't get it as often from friends because maybe that's not their gift. But if you can help somebody with your gift, if you can bring your best gift, maybe your gift is baking. And so you bake or you um, help them with projects or Gretchen Rubin talks in her book about helping her friends organize their closets and <laughs> I think bringing something really, like you said, Rachel, bringing something really fruitful to a friendship, and it's not a quid pro quo. Uh, it's not like you ha- that's not friendship, but that is uh, that fuels friendships. I agree. And I, I think I almost feel like, Mary Scott, like what you're saying is everyone has their superpower at work yes, or in yes. relationships or in their faith. Like for you, your superpower is helping someone think big. I think my quote superpower, the thing I'm good at is I really genuinely don't get jealous or competitive with with friends. I really am happy when they succeed. And I and I, I say that as a superpower because I think, and this might be a stereotype, I think sometimes women say they want each other to succeed and then they kind of like don't and they like tear each other down and not oh, no, all, that's a not thing. Always. That's the pull up the ladder effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that hurts me so deeply when that happens to me. But but anyway, I think so. I think that's my superpower is I really genuinely want my friends to succeed. And, and I think I give a good listening ear. What about you, Liz? What's your superpower? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
I have no idea what, my what are you, what are you good at as a friend. <laughs> no idea. Maybe hospitality. I, I really like having people, having people in a room together. I am a pretty good friend about picking up the phone or texting or that kind of thing and being intentional about that. But I think the most fruitful conversations happen around the kitchen island. Um, in my experience, when people are in a little bit more comfortable and they, they can get a little bit more vulnerable with each other, because I think that's that's really how friendships deepen is when, when you know each other's stuff, you know, and you, and you know, you love each other uh, despite it or even because of it in some cases. So what I really love doing is, is having people over or going over to people's houses and, and really getting that quality time in. But Again, I think that takes so much intentionality. And sometimes, like Rachel, what you were saying about you have you do have those more casual friends and those people are life-giving too, but it's okay if not everybody is your best friend. It's okay if you're not everybody's best friend. And just coming to peace with that, I think, can cause people some trouble <laughs> when they're younger adults, when you're used to the people you hang out with are your best friends. And that might not always be the case. Now, one thing that uh, my husband and I did is we realized that a lot of friendship revolves around convenience to an extent. We, uh, a couple of years after we got married, we moved out to the suburbs. We didn't have kids. We just were ready to buy a house and wanted a slightly bigger house. And so we moved out to the suburbs and it was like pulling teeth to get people to come out to the suburbs after work to come visit with us. <laughs> and even on visit. the weekends, it was hard to get them to drive, you know, 35 minutes out of the way to come hang out. But when we moved back into, into the city we hang out with people during the week all the time, and it has just helped our our you know, friendship life blossom. And I, I, you know, it sounds silly, but convenience has a lot to do with that. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. There's some little simple hygiene things that I do think really matter in friendships, and convenience is one. You know, just a little simple show up. You know, a good friend will always understand when you just can't when there's. When there's some issue that comes up, and in all our lives that happens, but when you can, where you can, try to be, try to show up because if you don't, <laughs> pretty soon people aren't going to want to, you know, they're going to write you off. They're going to, they're going to go on to other friends, but it, but also understand when, when you can. And then can I say this? Gossiping. Look, everybody loves to gossip. I mean, come on. But, Try your best not to try to try to be a better person than that. Because if you say something to someone, if I just heard that, you know, blah, 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 you know, it doesn't make you feel good. That builds up a little bit of something in your heart that that isn't conducive to friendship, and and it makes you not, you know, be trustworthy. You think you're building rapport, but you're really not. You're damaging trust when you gossip. So try your best to believe the best in people, and um, if you're going to say something about someone, say something something positive, you know, and don't positive gossip either, you know, well, she's trying really hard to overcome blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's all, or the, as we say in the South, the bless your heart gossip, <laughs> bless her heart. She's blah, 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 blah. You know, so those were two things I wanted to mention. Yeah. I, I think that when I think back, I, one of the very best friends I've ever had really to, to my fault, I let that friendship drop because I didn't show up, Mary Scott. Really, I, I got very, very busy. We live in different towns. 
And when she had a baby, I, I don't think I sent anything. I didn't call. I was, it was just one of those stages of life that was crazy. And I let the ball drop for a long, long, long time. And that friendship has gone away. And it's something that makes me sad. But I think I've had to realize about myself that a challenge is I can feel really close to someone, consider them my dear friend, and realize it's been six months since I've seen or spoken to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I yeah. struggle to do the work of friendship because so much of a relationship often exists in my head. And I think it's great for me to remember that that's not, that's just not really enough. And this person isn't mean spirited. They didn't write me off. It's just the friendship, just you got to maintain those things or they kind of go away. So yeah, they kind of fizzle. Yeah. yeah. Kind of fizzle. Gotta do, yeah. It's I, an ugly thing. And, oh, and I think the, on the other hand, I just want to say to our listeners out there, if you have a good friend or if you have even a, you know, a, a new friend and, you know, they miss a, a drink date or they miss a coffee date or they, you know, I think you also have to give a little grace. Life is busy um, and you're, you're not going to have friendships at all if you're not, you know, understanding of people's schedules. I just want to say one thing as we close here. I have a good friend, Amy Boyd, and this is the week of our friendiversary. So I want to wish my very best friend in the whole wide world Amy Boyd, happy for anniversary. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Great shout out. Thank y'all so much for tuning in for this. Ask us anything. I know this has been super short. We Friendship is something we would love to dive into more. Thanks so much to Sarah Pitts for sending us this question. And we will see y'all next time. Please don't forget to connect with us and join our closed Facebook group, Bell Curve Insiders. You can also email us at bellcurvepodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, have a great week. <laughs> do we want to do, do we want to do that again? Worst closing ever. Do we want to do the Gretchen Rubin book? Okay. okay. And don't forget that next week we are discussing really a fabulous book, Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project. So if you haven't gotten that book, it's okay. Still tune in and we are going to discuss our thoughts and our reactions to what we read. And if you are thinking about what book should I read next, hey, go ahead and grab that one. We, we all three highly recommend it. 